Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of sexual violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. The victims' names in this episode have been changed to protect their anonymity and their safety. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine you grow up unaware of your family history, not knowing why you were adopted, oblivious to the fact that you are the only evidence of a crime. You are the walking, talking proof it happened and your DNA is the key. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 13 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Daisy was born in Birmingham in 1976. She was not planned. Far from it. She was placed into foster care within the first week of her birth. Seven months later, the arrangement was to be made permanent, and Daisy's status changed from being fostered to being adopted. Her adoptive family were white. At first, Daisy was unaware of the difference between their white and her black skin. As time went by and being a child of the late 70s and early 80s, she became conscious of the difference. 
It was always others that made her feel uncomfortable at an age where most children just want to fit in with their peers. Daisy later described the difficulties she faced as a child. She said, I grew up with privilege, but there was a point every day when it felt like I needed a coat of armour to deal with the feelings of difference, having to justify my existence in some way. Looks of disbelief and confusion when I called out mum to my blonde adoptive mother. Sometimes I just didn't, to avoid the reaction of others. Daisy wondered what her birth parents looked like. Did she look like them? She pondered why she had been put into the care system. Daisy later explained... The trauma of adoption on adoptees was not recognised when I was placed in 1976. Love was meant to be enough. It wasn't. Daisy knew from a young age that her biological mother was a child, almost 14 years old when she gave birth. After Daisy turned 18, she was of an age where she could legally learn more information about her biological family. She requested adoption records and files from social services. Daisy was told that her biological father was listed as being a 28-year-old family friend. The file contained documents that referred to allegations of rape. Daisy's mother was barely into her teenage years when becoming pregnant, far below the age of consent. Puzzlingly, the document ended with a line that read, The matter was investigated by police, but never brought to court. Daisy found it appalling that the perpetrator never faced justice. As a consequence of her conception... She feared that her biological mother might not want to meet her. Daisy wondered what had become of the woman that gave birth to her at such a young age. She did consider that a reunion might not be what the woman wanted due to the circumstances of her birth. But Daisy gave her birth mother the opportunity to decide when she enlisted the help of her adoptive father. Two years later in 1995, after months of searching, Daisy found her biological mother. She was receptive to seeing the child she had to give up when she was just a child herself, so they planned to meet up. Rose, now in her early 30s, told Daisy that she had always hoped she would find her. Mother and daughter spent the weekend getting to know one another. Daisy was careful not to directly ask Rose about the circumstances of her conception. Attuned to what her birth mother might be feeling, Daisy voiced how she was grateful for Rose's willingness to communicate despite her being, quote, breathing confirmation of possibly one of the worst experiences of her life. Daisy's priority was meeting Rose and understanding her life experiences. But unfortunately, they did not form a strong bond. Daisy and Rose lost contact for almost a decade, 
until something happened to reignite Daisy's pursuit of the truth. After the famous British radio DJ and television host Jimmy Savile died in 2011, allegations of indecent and sexual assaults on women and children spanning decades began to surface. A report jointly produced by the Metropolitan Police Service and the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children was published in January 2013. It dealt with the allegations against Savile investigated by a task force working on Operation Utree. The 30-page report contains the conclusions of that investigation. Between 1955 and 2009, Savile committed over 200 criminal offences not only in his place of work, but also in hospitals and care homes around the country. 73% of his victims were children. The following year, it was revealed that there were upwards of 500 reports of sexual abuse against Savile. He had allegedly abused between 30 to 60 patients whose ages ranged from 5 to 75. Jimmy Savile, who was famously photographed with Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper in Broadmoor, had abused at least five individuals in the high-security hospital. When the Savile scandal broke... Daisy, who by this point had a career as a social worker, became more determined than ever to find her biological father and bring him to justice. She later told Birmingham Live, It motivated me to seek justice for a crime against a child that had and continues to have such wide-ranging repercussions on many people. My birth family, the foster carers I was with for seven months, and of course, my adoptive family. I loathe injustice on every level, and the jailing of perpetrators who had committed offences in the same time period as my birth father with seemingly less irrefutable evidence, lit a determination in me to seek justice. The complexities of Daisy coming forward as a human form of scientific proof was uncharted waters in the legal system. She said... I had thought for several years that I was basically DNA evidence that did not exist in the year the rape took place. Therefore, I was new evidence, a crime scene to refer to myself crudely. To know you are conceived as a result of rape is a potentially complex and heavy burden to carry. Daisy began researching evidence-led or victimless prosecutions. These types of cases are usually brought to trial when a domestic abuse victim does not want to support a prosecution for any reason, whether that is fear or simply a change of heart. The CPS and police have to build strong evidential cases, so the victim's testimony is unnecessary. The evidence can be physical, forensic or documentary, but the difficulty is that in domestic abuse cases... The children are considered victims, but children conceived by rape are not. Daisy approached her birth mother in 2014 and said she wanted to try and get a conviction. 
Daisy hoped to be able to prove the case on her own. Rose had already tried to explain what happened in her early teens, and nothing was done, leaving the young girl to carry a baby and deal with the trauma of what happened. Describing why she sought a prosecution, Daisy told Rose, I'm talking to you now because a man raped a child. It's the reason I'm alive. However, Rose did not want to be involved, and Daisy understood that. She had rebuilt her life, had more children and tried to move on. The trauma of being raped, giving birth to a child so long ago and not being believed was a difficult challenge to face. Daisy said that in her mother's position, perhaps she would have felt the same. In my mind, she had done enough. Daisy remarked. She had clearly informed someone involved at the time as the rape was clearly documented and a police investigation was referred to. Daisy approached the West Midlands police herself and offered to provide a voluntary DNA sample. The documents she had been given proved there was an allegation of rape when she was conceived. Daisy also told the Public Protection Unit that she also had her biological father's name and address. However, she was told there could not be any prosecution unless her biological mother filed a report. Daisy was not seen as a victim. She had compiled all the evidence she could. In fact, she was the evidence. It was undeniable the man who had impregnated a child had so far escaped justice. When consulting the authorities, Daisy referred to an evidence-led case brought by the West Midlands Police and Social Services, where men suspected of grooming a teenage girl were ordered to stay away from young girls through a civil injunction. She felt this could be done to keep her biological father away from young girls in the area where he lived but she was told it was irrelevant to her case. The police informed Daisy that they only carry out victimless prosecutions in exceptional circumstances. They did not feel as though she was a victim in the eyes of the law. Disheartened but undeterred, Daisy decided to confront her biological father herself. The files contained his name and address, so in July 2015, along with her partner, Daisy made her way to his home. Carvel Bennett lived in the suburb of Erdington in Birmingham. Daisy knocked on his door wearing a hidden camera to capture their interaction. On the off chance, he said something incriminating. When Bennett answered the door, Daisy asked him if she had the correct address, and he invited her inside. She was careful not to be combative or mention the word rape. After reviewing the footage later, she believed she saw a smile on his face. He was aware of who she was. When Daisy told Bennett that his name was in her care files, he fell silent. She carefully asked him if he had sex with her mother without accusing him of rape. 
She told him if he did not, then the files must be incorrect. Bennett thought for a moment and told Daisy, If you have sex with somebody, it doesn't mean you make a baby. I didn't think it was me because of the timing. I was asked to do a blood test. It would have been a paternity test, and I never heard anything back. But if you say you're my daughter, you're my daughter. Carvel Bennett seemed shocked by Daisy's arrival, but did not dispute that he had impregnated a 13-year-old child decades earlier, telling Daisy that she looked like his older daughter. Daisy spent just under an hour with Bennett and did not let on that she was planning legal action. However, there would not be an investigation. The West Midlands police would not take a statement from Daisy or view the camera footage. She was told she could file a complaint which she did, but the outcome was deemed vexatious. In law, it is summarised as denoting an action or the bringer of an action that is brought without sufficient grounds for winning, purely to cause annoyance to the defendant. As a result, Daisy filed an appeal to the Independent Police Complaints Commission. However, this was dismissed. It was just another barrier in her way and another disappointment. She told a reporter for the Birmingham Mail, They didn't treat me as a legitimate victim, and some of the communication was hostile. I very much felt like I was seen as an annoyance. One of the most disgusting and disrespectful things for me was they wouldn't even meet me to look at any of the evidence. I thought he was still a risk to children, but he hadn't even been questioned. Daisy tried to go to Birmingham City Council for support. After all, it had been a council-employed social worker who had documented the rape allegation in her files, but the council just suggested she go to the police. Daisy inquired about not only what happened to her biological mother, but questioned the safety of a man who committed such an act being free to live in the community unsupervised for the last four decades. After numerous attempts to contact the council, Gary Billing, the assistant director for safeguarding, agreed to meet with Daisy a few weeks later. She was told that the files would be reviewed, and they would tell her why no further steps could be taken in terms of DNA testing and prosecution, but the assistant director left the council less than a month later. Feeling dejected, Daisy recalled, I was shocked and in despair as I thought I was getting somewhere. He had even requested a copy of the recording made of my meeting with my birth father. I was assured by him that the review of files would continue and be objective and that I would be kept informed of the progress. Daisy continued to approach legal experts, victim support and child protection agencies for help and advice but she was repeatedly told that because she was not deemed a victim, there could not be any prosecution without her biological mother's statement. 
Legal representatives for Birmingham City Council told Daisy that the recording she had taken when meeting Bennett did not prove his guilt. Still, she never received any report on a review of her care files. She was told to contact the same people who had rejected her case and called her vexatious only months before. Daisy was met with resistance at every turn, so she approached the media to highlight her case and raise awareness of others who had been conceived by rape but were treated as though they had not been impacted. Daisy had been told on numerous occasions that she was not a victim. This was despite the circumstances of her creation and the impact on her from birth. She said she felt invisible with no rights. The impact of Rose's rape by Carvel Bennett was evident through generations decades later, and Daisy felt it had everything to do with the lack of communication between her and her biological mother. In 2019, Daisy appeared on the BBC Victoria Derbyshire programme under the pseudonym Vicky. She spoke about her experience growing up in the late 70s and early 80s as a young black girl living with a middle-class white family. The document she had been given when she was 18 stated that her mother was 13 years old when she was raped by a friend of the family. Despite feeling like her DNA should be all the evidence needed for a prosecution, Daisy felt like she was getting nowhere. Rose fully supported Daisy's pursuit for justice, however she could not go through with reporting it again, especially as her initial claims had been disregarded. If Daisy could not get Carvel Bennett prosecuted, she wanted to make it easier for victims to obtain justice. She wanted the definition of victim to be reviewed. Daisy felt like what happened to her mother and Carvel Bennett's lack of legal punishment emphasised how easy it was for abusers and rapists to continue committing crimes. She was aware she was trying to push an unprecedented case to court and she wanted to be able to lead the way for people in similar situations. She was just asking to be noticed and have the case passed to the Crown Prosecution Service. West Midlands Police responded to a representative for the Victoria Derbyshire programme and said that while they did not wish to minimise the impact no doubt suffered by Daisy, the law did not recognise her as a victim in these circumstances. The CPS advised them that they would not support a prosecution. MP for Birmingham Yardley Jess Phillips spoke on the programme in support of Daisy's campaign which sought to have children conceived by rape considered victims. Phillips said, The sort of emotional effect that would have on a person, their relationships going forward, on their lives, on how they feel about themselves, it undoubtedly will have affected them. I thought we had won this argument. The idea you don't have to be a direct victim of abuse 
We would never suggest in a domestic violence situation that a child who had never suffered any violence themselves was not a victim of the crime happening around them. To me, it's exactly the same test that is met. In sexual assault cases, the issue of consent usually has to be dealt with through testimony from the victim and defendant. This is not applicable in cases of child rape because the child cannot give consent and it cannot be assumed. It was argued the burden of proof needed for a victimless prosecution should have been met by DNA evidence. Rose's age had been established, as had Carvel Bennett's, and DNA comparison between them and Daisy should have proved that a crime had been committed. Within days of the Victoria Derbyshire programme airing, the West Midlands police arrived at Rose's doorstep to speak with her once more. Daisy's advocacy had been the catalyst her biological mother needed to be able to report what had happened 43 years earlier. Rose was 13 years old in 1975 when her mother told her that she had been asked to babysit the children of a family friend. When Rose arrived at Carvel Bennett's home, she was surprised to find the 28-year-old home. He asked her to come upstairs with him. Rose dutifully followed him to a bedroom, and Bennett instructed her to take her clothes off. She was terrified, paralysed by fear. Rose recalled, I just did it. I just thought he's going to do something to me. There was no fight. I says I don't want to do it. I don't want you to do it. I remember him saying, it will be all right. I was a child then. I don't know what emotion I was feeling. I just knew this thing was going to happen. It happened. He had sex with me. I just lay there and let him do his thing. Rose would recount the graphic details and spoke of the shame she felt decades later. She had had a traumatic childhood and suffered from neglect and other abuse at home. She had been placed into care when she was young and returned to her family between the ages of 10 and 11 but the abuse continued. Rose did not tell anyone what had happened out of fear she would be punished or return to care. Still, she realised she could not forget about the incident even if she wanted to, because she had missed a period a few weeks later. For seven months, the schoolgirl was able to conceal the pregnancy beneath her uniform and by holding her stomach all day but her mother soon noticed and brought her to the doctor's office to take a pregnancy test. Rose wrote a letter to her parents explaining what had happened and how she got pregnant at such a young age. She remembered her parents met with Carvel Bennett and his wife in a park where the letter was handed over to him. Surprisingly, nothing came out of the interaction, 
and Rose was taken to a mother and baby home until she gave birth two days before her 14th birthday. Rose's mother had effectively disowned her and commented that the baby girl looked like Bennett. Rose was heartbroken to give up her daughter, but she was told to keep quiet and forget what had happened. She said, I was left to deal with it alone. I felt disgusted with myself, believing it was my fault. To be raped, made pregnant and give birth was traumatic and horrendous for me. People told me how disgusting I was being pregnant as a child. I was carrying his shame, although the shame was also mine. When she got home from the hospital without her baby, who was placed into foster care, Rose was made to sit in a chair and watch a television program about someone placing their child up for adoption. She recalled, I had to sit there and watch it to see if I would cry. I know that's why I had to watch it. I thought, I won't cry. I was adamant I wasn't going to cry. So I never. The West Midlands Police finally arrested 73-year-old Carvel Bennett in December 2019. Daisy had voluntarily taken a DNA test and her sample was compared to Bennett's. However, even though the prosecution was moving forward, Daisy was being left out of the loop. When the results were returned to the police, Daisy was disheartened to find out her birth mother was told the results before she was. It heightened the feeling that she had to fight every step of the way. The results showed that Bennett was 22 million times more likely to be Daisy's father than anyone unrelated to him. Finally, Daisy's persistence paid off. Carville Bennett was going to trial. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand, and now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safer families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to centair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at centair.com. After being charged with the historical rape of a 13 year old girl, Carvel Bennett was brought to trial at Birmingham Crown Court on July 29, 2021. Daisy would compare the overwhelming and traumatic process of the rape trial to a family reunion. It was the first time she had been in a room with both of her birth parents. The emotional toll it took was enormous. Crown Prosecutor Peter Glesner QC opened the case by telling the jury about Daisy's pursuit for the truth, about her biological parents and how it led to her fight for justice. The landmark case was thought to be the first of its kind where a child conceived through rape had instigated an investigation using their own DNA as evidence. Daisy's mother, Rose, testified about the ordeal and why she had been reluctant to report the crime as time went by. Her heartbreaking testimony was followed by a disturbing account made by her rapist. Carvel Bennett was defiant on the stand as he testified in his own defence. 
Bennett claimed that the victim had told him she was 16, was the one who initiated sexual contact, and consented. He described it as something that happened and a situation that had built that day. Bennett said that he was spoken to by the police while Rose was pregnant. When he told the officers his account, according to him they had, quote, laugh their heads off and he heard nothing more about it. Bennett was asked by the prosecutor if he felt ashamed and he replied, it caused me a great deal of pain. It caused my family pain. I've had to get in touch with the police. In my culture, as I grew up, you tried not to have anything to do with the police. That was enough shame. Bennett said he was sorry for getting himself into this situation, but the prosecutor asked him if he was specifically sorry to the victim. Bennett replied, I didn't know she was 13. It wasn't a deliberate, contemplated act. I don't feel I have to apologise to her. I don't think I have done anything to her. I don't remember her as a scared child. It took the jury just under two hours to reject Carvel Bennett's account and find him guilty on Monday, August 2nd, 2021. At his sentencing hearing the following day, his daughter was able to confront her father and read him her victim personal statement. She said, Carvel Bennett, you have caused total carnage. Your act of violence decimated any potential relationship between my birth mother and I because you chose to rape a child. Daisy made it clear what Bennett did and how wrong it was when she went on to say, You made the choice to rape a child, the daughter of your friend. What a betrayal of trust. You were never held to account by those who were supposed to protect my birth mother and other children. No one sought justice for the harm you caused. You have evaded justice for 45 years. You have got to have a family life. You had the opportunity to get married, have children, live with those children and watch them grow up. Because you chose to rape a child... I only had seven days in hospital with my birth mother. I've read my grandmother visited and thought I look like you. Imagine how that felt for my birth mother at 14 years old to look down at her baby and see the features of her rapist. I can't imagine what it was like for my birth mother and I in those final moments together. I can only imagine the devastation of this separation on us both. I was left in hospital alone for a further three days before joining my foster family. Who cares for me in that time? I'll never know. How terrifying. How traumatic. Because you chose to rape a child, I have had my birth identity stolen from me on my maternal and paternal sites. What has been passed down to me is intergenerational trauma. 
and family heirloom I'd rather not have. You'll never know how aware I was of my difference, in addition to having little knowledge about my birth family. To then learn at 18 years old that I was conceived in rape added to the layers of complexity for me in terms of my identity. To know I exist because you chose to rape a child. To know that I am for sure the embodiment of one of the worst things that could happen to someone. To be pregnant by your perpetrator. To find out what you did to my birth mother was horrifying and could have been a reason for her to not want to meet me. That horrendous thought that we may never have met because of what you did weighed heavily until we were able to reunite. Daisy continued to explain in the statement how it felt to be conceived in such an awful way. I am more than evidence. I am more than a witness. I am more than a product of rape. I am not your shame and I will not carry the shame and horror of what you chose to do. Because you chose to rape a child, I have sacrificed much to pursue justice and for rape-conceived people like myself to be seen and heard. We are not our father's sins. We are not rape babies. We are not the rape clause for benefits. We are not the bad seed. Daisy was passionate about justice in the case, not just for herself and her birth mother, but for other people in a similar situation. She spoke of her fight to be recognised even by the justice system, the trauma her mother went through having to recount what happened and how they were paying the price for Carvel Bennett's actions. It's taken me incredible strength over the last few years to keep fighting for justice. I've had feelings of utter hopelessness, treated with hostility or simply ignored, invisible. This is a fight I had to take on. The injustice was just too unpalatable. You need to be made accountable for the crime you committed. You'll never truly understand the devastating impact your act of rape on a child has had on two children and the lifelong implications this has had on us both as adults. This sentence is 46 years overdue. The pain you have caused, immeasurable. A statement written by Rose was read to the court by the prosecutor. She wrote a feeling like she had no voice, no control over her life and how she was preyed upon when she was vulnerable. My life was already traumatic due to neglect and other sexual abuse, Rose said. I was told not to say anything. I knew no one would care or believe me. I felt disgusted with myself and did so for many years. I believed it was my fault. I was carrying his shame, though I felt the shame was mine. Rose described having to give up her daughter, the emotional toll it inflicted, and the complexities in their relationship years later, when she said, I have met my daughter, but because of the circumstances it's been difficult. What I will say about my daughter is for many years... She has relentlessly pursued justice. 
I have three other daughters. They have been my saviours. Rose, who was almost 60 years old and had been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, concluded her statement by saying, I just want this to end. I don't need to be reminded of what happened. I have never forgotten. I just want to live the remainder of my life in peace. In his sentencing remarks, Judge Martin Hurst condemned Bennett for his attempts to deny the crime and commended Daisy for what she had done. The prosecutor had praised Daisy for her, quote, single-minded, dogged determination, application, grit and resilience. Judge Hurst elaborated on the praise by saying, she has met many closed doors, essentially persuaded her mother to relive the trauma. A mother would have unquestionably feared having gone through all this. A jury could have returned a verdict of not guilty as they so often do in cases like these, because they cannot be sure what happened a number of years ago. A pursuit for justice must be commended. I do commend her for taking these steps. I can only encourage other people in this situation to do the same. Brushing things under the carpet is an old expression, but it never works. Even if a case is brought and the jury do acquit, you can only hope that is better than silence. Judge Hurst told Carvel Bennett that he had victim-blamed Rose and held her responsible for his own, quote, wicked act. He said it was equally troubling that Daisy had been impacted as a result of Bennett's actions and said she is unquestionably just as much a victim in this as her mother. The judge told Bennett that his behaviour that day had ruined two lives and he hoped Bennett would spend time in prison considering it. Carvel Bennett was sentenced to 11 years in prison with a minimum of two-thirds to be served in custody before he can be released on licence, at which time he will have to sign on to the Sex Offenders Register. Speaking after the sentence was passed, Daisy explained how proud of her birth mother she was. As a social worker, Daisy was aware that Rose would have been a vulnerable child and was let down by the people and authorities that should have protected her. Like many other children at the time, Rose had fallen through the cracks and the abuse swept under the carpet. She also pointed out the years between her mother's rape and Carvel Bennett's incarceration, 46 years in total, he was free to do as he pleased, potentially putting other children at risk of abuse. Superintendent Wendy Bailey from the West Midlands Police said in a statement that the force remained committed to seeking justice for rape victims, and according to the detective, the case demonstrated that the West Midlands Police were there for victims whenever they felt ready. So where are we now? 
Daisy was supported by the Centre for Women's Justice, a charitable organisation founded in 2016 to help women and girls access legal assistance if they had been subjected to male violence. Daisy continues to campaign for people conceived through rape to be formally recognised as victims. She set up a crowd justice page to raise money to fund her crusade ensuring children born as a result of rape can be recognised as secondary victims of crime. She also seeks to encourage the authorities to consider victimless prosecutions in historical rape cases, where there is compelling forensic and written evidence available. In October 2021, Daisy was awarded the Emma Humphreys Memorial Prize, which recognises women who have campaigned and raised awareness of violence against women and children. Emma Humphreys was convicted of murder at the age of 17 after killing Trevor Armitage, a man who had abused, exploited and raped her repeatedly. In February 1985, Emma had attempted to take her own life by cutting her wrists when she was interrupted by Armitage. She hid her wounds and the knife as he lay down next to her. But out of fear that he would discover the weapon beneath her body, Emma stabbed Armitage once, and he died. Traumatised and unable to speak about the abuse she endured, Emma tried to enter a plea of manslaughter on the grounds of provocation, but it was denied. As a juvenile offender, she was detained at Her Majesty's pleasure, an indeterminate sentence given to minors. In 1992, Emma contacted an organisation called Justice for Women, which supported her in bringing her case to the Court of Appeal. In 1995, the appeal was successful on the grounds of cumulative provocation, which describes prolonged abuse suffered by a defendant. It was deemed to be enough to make a, quote, reasonable man do what the defendant did. The second basis of the appeal's success was that the comparable measurement of a, quote, reasonable man does not take into consideration the characteristics of the defendant as an individual. Emma Humphrey's conviction was quashed. She was released but tragically died three years later after an accidental overdose of prescription medication. Her campaign inspired women to hold the state accountable for crimes against women and children. Daisy's decade-long campaign was recognised when she was awarded the Memorial Prize. An extract of her acceptance speech read... Rape conception still remains very much a taboo subject, and I am very proud to shine more of a light and give a voice to the experience of being rape-conceived. I must spend a moment, though, to give due respect to my birth mother's incredible bravery. In February 2022, The Centre for Women's Justice made submissions to the Victims' Bill Consultation, one of which addressed the need for children born as a result of rape to be recognised as secondary victims of crime 
in the same way children in domestic violence situations are. The proposed legislation is called Daisy's Law. It will hopefully allow those impacted to access support and pursue criminal complaints, including historic rape or child sex abuse offences. The Centre for Women's Justice cited the data collected by the government since the two-child cap was introduced to benefits, where mothers of three children were only eligible to claim child tax credits if the child was conceived through rape. The figures show that around 900 women applied for the exception, likely because they were forced to report it to receive financial help which means that there are many more unreported cases. Daisy's crowd justice page remains open to raise funds for her legal challenge and to help black and minority ethnic victims who often face additional barriers to justice so they too can be heard. For more information, please visit crowdjustice.com forward slash case forward slash forgotten hyphen victims. Thank you for listening and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, Please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.